Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Welcome to Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills. I am lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and I am so glad and thankful that you are joining us for this podcast because we are continuing our series of A Way Out. We're actually in week number three of a four-week series, and, and I'm so excited to share with you uh, what God has laid on my heart. And, and again, if you are listening today, I believe you are listening uh, for a reason and a purpose, and as always, my prayer is that God will show you uh, whatever that might be. Uh, so let's get started today. Uh, again, like we're, I shared, we're in week three of a, a four-week series, and we're talking about how do we overcome temptation that all of us always face. Uh, in fact, I bet you there are many of you right now that uh, are listening that there may be a, a reoccurring temptation that just seems to plague you. And no matter what you do, you can't seem to stop doing something. And sometimes we'll say things like, well, I just had to, or I just can't stop, or I've already prayed about it and, and nothing happened. You know, I tried everything and I just cannot quit doing such and such, whatever that might be. So I want to remind you of our key verse taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, it is specifically today, verse 13, and I'm going to read that to you right now. And it says, no temptation is overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I am praying that you are encouraged by this truth today. No matter what you're facing, there's always a way out. You may be tempted to always complain. You know, there's a way out. You may be tempted to compare. You know, you're dissatisfied. You're envying others or you're jealous. There's always a way out. You may be tempted to overspend. There's a way out for that as well. You may be tempted to worry. There may be a, a real addiction. Maybe you're addicted to social media or you're addicted to gambling or maybe gaming and you just can't stop playing games or, or you're addicted to smoking something, drinking something, looking at something inappropriate. Whatever it is, our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will always give us a way out so you can endure it. The challenge is so often we think, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And a lot of times we, what we do is we think, well, I need to stop thinking about this. You know, I need to not do the wrong thing. I need to not focus on the wrong thing. And scripture actually teaches us that this is one plan of attack. But it's also good just not to think about the wrong thing, but instead to think about the good thing. When we're focused on not just thinking about the wrong thing, sometimes we think about the wrong thing. And some of you are listening, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give you guys an experiment, those that are listening today. And I hope you'll be able to work with me. And if you're driving, don't do this, okay? Uh, but if you've got a second, or maybe if you want to pull over, whatever it might be. But uh, here's what it is. I want you guys to close your eyes, okay? Just close your eyes. And I'm going to mention something to you, okay? And I want you to think about it, okay? Here's what I want you to do. 
Don't think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. See, now what did you see? I know it's cheesy and everything, but you probably saw, you know, the pink elephant. You know, and I could have said something like, don't think of chocolate cake and ice cream. And if you're not wanting to think about those things and you think about them, you're going to, you're going to think about it. Right. And, or maybe it's, it's a, Hey, don't think of a girl in a bikini, you know? Uh, but sometimes we'll just go, Oh my gosh, she's riding a pink elephant, eating cake and ice cream. I, I don't know what it might look like for you. Right. Don't think of the negative thing. And then your mind tends to go to that thing. We're going to learn in scripture that even a better plan of trying not to think about the wrong thing is to actually do the right thing. And so today I want to go a little bit deeper, okay? So if you could kind of put your thinking caps on with me, we're going to look at some powerful scripture. And this is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. He says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? Now, what are the desires of the flesh? You know, it's not like your flesh is going, I want sun or I want this or anything. Okay. It's not that the flesh is a picture of our sinful nature. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll recognize that there's a war going on between what God's spirit wants you to do and what your sinful nature wants you to do. He said, if you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if you walk by the spirit, you're not going to be tempted to do the wrong thing. Let's read on. Verse 17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you may that you are not to do whatever you want. Some of you, you can very much relate to this, okay? You are like the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, where Paul said, I don't get it. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And I wonder how many of you guys can relate to that at some point. You know, you want to do what's right and you don't. For example, you may say, I want to read my Bible every day, and you do it for three days in a row, and then you stop. You know, I want to stop overspending, but the shoes were on sale and I had to save some money, you know. Or I want to go up and or get up in the morning and jog, but there's a 10% chance of rain and I don't want to get my new shoes wet, so I might as well do it later on. Or, you know, I just want to do the right things and then I don't want to do the wrong things. I don't want to get my hu- get mad at my husband, but I uh, uh, but I just threw a shoe at him for no reason. How'd that happen, you know? I don't want to sleep with my boyfriend boyfriend again. It just And it just happened again. And I don't want to do these things, but I end up doing these things. And the right things I want to do, I end up not doing. Why is this such a struggle? Well, here's a key thought for today. And I'm hoping maybe you got an opportunity to take some notes or, or just lock it into your brain. But I'd like you to, to, to kind of put this away. We need to understand that what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Okay, right? What you feed grows and what you starve dies. And this is practical, right? Whatever you feed grows stronger and bigger, and whatever you starve grows weaker and eventually dies. For example, if you feed yourself a lot, what's going to happen is you're going to grow. Okay? And if you starve yourself, what are you going to do? You're going to die. If you feed your plant at home, what's your plant going to do? Hopefully it'll live and grow. And if you starve your plant, it's going to die. Unless, unless you bring it over to my house, okay? And whatever you do with it, it's going to die. You know, that's, that comes from my wife. She says that we're the house where the plants come to die. But that's just how it works, okay? But if you feed your fleshly nature, what happens? Your desires to sin grow. And if you starve your fleshly nature, it starts to die. 
So if you feed your spirit, your spirit grows stronger and your intimacy with God increases and this power in your in you to overcome the desire of the flesh increases as well. So what you feed grows and what you starve dies. So instead of just thinking, no, 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 I also want to feed my spirit so that I can starve my flesh and my spirit wins the war battle between the spirit and the flesh. Here's what I want to talk about. How do we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, how do we overcome those wrong desires of the flesh? You know, I, I don't want to do this, but yet I do this anyway. How can we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to get free from those sinful desires that we end up giving into? So I want to give you two thoughts, and that's all we're going to talk about today, okay? And it's about allowing the Holy Spirit to help us overcome the temptations that we often get into. The first thing is, if you want to jot this down or lock it in your brain, is we're going to learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me stop here for a moment because a lot of people that might be listening or that, are, that go to church or, are like, hey, okay, I get that there's this trinity, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. I understand the whole God thing and I understand the Jesus thing because I saw a picture of him on the kid's Bible or whatever it might be. Trust me, there's more to him than that, though. The Holy Spirit thing, though, this is confusing to me. When we think about it conceptually, it might be. But the Holy Spirit is actually one of the greatest gifts that we'll ever have. Jesus said before he went away, he said, I'm going to send you something better. I'm going to go away and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, which is, which is this is basically God dwelling within you, right? And if you're a Jesus follower, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you. So now what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit, Scripture teaches us, does a, does a lot. And one thing the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us of our sin. You do something wrong, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or you're about to do something wrong, and there's this like warning, 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 warning. That is the Holy Spirit convicting us. The Holy Spirit also can comforts you when you're hurting have you ever been in one of those places where you're just upset and, and, and you're praying and, and suddenly there's this moment, you know? There's this peace that surpasses your human ability to understand, okay? That's just not goosebumps or whatever. That is the Holy Spirit comforting you. The Holy Spirit also counsels you. He's called a counselor and he will guide you into all the truth. You know, the Holy Spirit will guide you and say, this is the way you should go. And the Holy Spirit prompts you or nudges you to move in the direction that would please God. And the Holy Spirit is not an it, okay? The Holy Spirit is a he, God in spirit form that dwells within you. So when you're battling temptation, you don't have to do it on your own. You have a heavenly power that dwells within you. With the help of God in spirit form, you can overcome the desires of your flesh. We're going to learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. So if you will, I would like to read another verse to you guys. It comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 and, and 13. Okay, so here's, here's, what it, here's what it says. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. So under 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now I want to pause in the middle of 13, because how many of you would agree that sin can be fun for a little bit of while, for a little while, you know? How many of you would agree that sin can be fun for a little while? You know, I, I think if you really thought about it, 
it can be really fun for a little while, right? But then it will mess you up, right? Somebody said this once, said sin thrills and then it kills. And someone else said sin fascinates and then it assassinates. And I like this one. To me, sin is like a sneeze. It, it feels good coming out and then there's snot everywhere, right? And that that's my take on it. And that's the reality. It can be fun for a little while. Then when you live in it too long, it actually kills you. Some guy one day says, hey, you want to smoke some weed? And you're thinking, you know, not a big deal. Smoke some weed and then, then smoke some more again and then again. And before long, what's this, what's this guy doing? He's feeding the flesh, right? And the desires grow. The addiction gets out of control and he lost a job and he couldn't hold down a relationship. You know, all this stuff is happening and suddenly you see visual evidence of what sin does over time. And sin grows while left in the dark. It's kind of like how mold grows. You put something in a dark area and it's just going to grow, right? Sin is very similar to that. Here's a guy who loves Jesus and is trapped by something who really wants to love his family more, but there's evidence that he's not able to overcome this. You know, what happened? Sin thrills and then it kills. It's, it's not that big of a deal, right? Well, it may not be when it starts, but sin grows when we don't confess it, and eventually it totally does. And, and forgive me for kind of sounding a little, maybe a little dramatic with this, but, but it kills marriages. It kills intimacy with your children. It kills intimacy with God. It kills your testimony. It kills your finances. It kills your ability to have credibility. You know, sin kills. And if you live by the sinful nature dictates, Paul said you will die. So let's go back and look at a whole verse again. Let's go back to look at 12 and just read that again. Romans 8, 12, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put the death, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. In other words, if through the power of the Spirit you put to death, what's, what does that mean? You're, you're starving it. You're, you're staying away. What you starve dies. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Okay, There are those that are listening today that are going to tap into this power of the Holy Spirit of God. I just believe that. Okay, Somebody is listening today that's going to do that. And you're going to do it not by your own strength, but by the strength of God's Spirit. You're going to put to death and starve that which has been slowly killing you. And I want to read to you a prayer, which I, I think is so powerful, okay? A friend of mine is involved in Alcoholic Anonymous and helps people all over to get free from alcohol. And he, is, he, he was enabled by God to get free after years and years himself, okay? Well, in AA, they have a really cool prayer that they pray. And basically, they say this. They say, we admit we are powerless over alcohol, that our lives have been unmanageable. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore our sanity, now, who is that power greater than ourselves? Okay? For a Jesus follower, we believe it's the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And what I'm going to say right now, I believe, is very true. There are a few of you that are, are about to have this breakthrough. I believe that those that are listening, you might have this breakthrough any minute. This is the beginning of your healing. When you admit that you are powerless over something and you need a power greater than you have, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you be whole and help you be healed. Here's my version of that prayer, okay? I admit that I'm powerless over blank, 
Okay, I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. Are you ready? Okay, some of you, this is it. This is really, really it. The question is, what goes in the blank? Maybe it's, hey, I admit I'm powerless over food, or I admit that I'm powerless over materialism. I keep buying, 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 and wanting, wanting, wanting. You know, or I admit that I'm powerless over worry. I'm obsessed with worrying about my kids, the economy, whatever it is. You know, you're powerless over worry. Some of you might be, I'm powerless over sexual addiction. You have to call it what it is. You are as strong as you are honest. You have to admit it, okay? Admit it. I'm powerless over the lust that I have. Some of you, it's dope, it's pot, it's alcohol, it's meth, it's dip, it's pain medication, you know, not the, not the, the legal kind. I'm powerless over what? Fill in the blank. So this today, I want I want to give you a moment. Just kind of think about that, okay? And and, and maybe you, obviously you might not be in a situation where you can write it down right now. I don't know if you're driving or something like that, but but just kind of lock it in your brain, okay? But here's the deal. I want you to confess it because sin grows best in the dark, right? And so we come together with other people in Christian community, okay? And we confess our sins to one another and, and pray for one another. So if that's you this morning, what I'm going to do, you might be riding in a car by yourself or listening in a room by yourself or whatever your situation is, okay? I'm hoping that you will find healing. I believe there's healing in this. And so I want to give you this moment to just kind of think about that, okay? And I want you to re- be really honest with yourself. And so I'm going to have a moment of silence right here on this podcast. And I want you to just take a second and kind of think about things. And then I'm going to pray for you. Okay. And pray for me as well. Okay. I'm going to give you a moment of silence just for a second. God, I admit that I am powerless over whatever is going on in this person's life that's listening today. And God, even in my own life, there's things that I am powerless over. And today I'm admitting that to you. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit of God, of you, God, will heal me and make me whole. And so I admit that I am powerless today. And I need the Holy Spirit because I don't have the strength to help bring healing and to make me whole. So God, I'm asking you to comfort us this morning, convict us today. Encourage us tomorrow. Counsel us and guide us into all truth. God, help me to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I just hope you just had one of them moments, you know. The second thing, if you're able to take notes, and and I know this is going to sound challenging, but it's really simple, is we're going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We're going to depend on the power, and we're going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Look at what Paul says in Galatians 5, okay, chapter 5. We're going to go back to Galatians chapter 5 in verses 24 and 25. All right, here's what it says. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, okay, with its passions and desires. In verse 25 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of our flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What does this mean? Well, let me explain it this way. If you walk with the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. So how do we learn to keep in step with the Spirit of God? Well, we spend time with Him. We get to know Him through His Word. We listen to Him. 
And over time, we actually recognize he's prompting us. He's leading us. He's guiding us, okay? And the more you mature, the more you recognize he's telling you to go this way, or he's leading you to say this, or he's prompting you to to not do this, or he's telling you to take my mind off of such and such, right? Or he just gave you this verse, or he's leading you into helping this other person, or he's telling you to pray for this. And literally, you're keeping in step with the Spirit. When you're so close to the Spirit of God, here's what happens. We will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Why? Because you are so full of what matters. You're not tempted by the emptiness of what does not matter. You are so full of the presence of God, okay? Let me just tell you this right now. And don't for a minute hear me say I don't sin. And don't for a minute hear me say I'm not tempted to sin. But I will tell you, at this point in my life, the intimacy with God is greater than it has ever been before. The temptations are less than they have been before. Why? Because I'm learning over time and years and years and years to keep in step with the Spirit. When I'm walking in the Spirit of God, I will not be tempted to gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, some of you say, well, great, Pastor Dan, you know, Mr. Walk in the Spirit, Pastor Dan, and Mr. Memorize Stupid Bible Stuff, Pastor Dan, you know, I got a real life and a real job outside of listening to your podcast. Doesn't work like that for me. Well, what I want to do is this. I want to say, if you are a Jesus follower, what I want to encourage you to do is just keep track, okay, and document and write down every time you feel like the Spirit's prompting you. So in your notes, just put it in there this way, okay? Think about it this way. Take note of every time you sense the Holy Spirit prompting you, okay? Here's what's going to happen, okay? You're going to take a note. And I don't know how you're going to do it, maybe on your phone, a piece of paper, whatever it is, or maybe you have to email yourself or text yourself or whatever. But take note of every time you believe the Holy Spirit is prompting you. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to be driving to work and listening to Christian radio, and and you're going to hear a song. Oh, that just ministered to me. Ding, 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 ding. God was prompting me. Get it? You're going to be reading in your daily Bible plan or something, and a verse is going to come alive, and you're, you're going to go, oh, wow, God just spoke to me. Or you're going to be going into your office, and there's this annoying person who's talking, and, and you're trying to walk on by, and you think, no, I'm going to stop and listen and wait a minute. Why? Because the Holy Spirit just prompted me to listen. And if nothing works for you, just do this this sometime, okay? Just say, God, I'm going to give you 15 minutes and pray for people. And, and I want you to show me someone to pray for. And watch what happens. It's going to be like, boom, 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 boom. Name missiles come on out of heaven into your brain, okay? And suddenly you're praying for people 15 minutes, for 15 minutes, and it passes by just like, just like no time went by at all. And you'll be walking with the Spirit, and suddenly the Spirit says, don't go into that place. Don't think about this. Go do this instead. And when you're keeping in step with the Spirit, when you're walking according to the Spirit, you will not gratify the sinful desires of your flesh. Okay, Here's the good news. Because you have no obligation to sin. You have no obligation. You have no obligation to obey the desires of your flesh. You have no obligation to stay addicted to that which is in a, in a bottle. You have no obligation to continue to depend on something that you smoke in, in order to get through the day. You have no obligation to continue eating to medicate yourself because there is power that dwells within you that is greater than the desire for sugar. 
You have no obligation to continue to work when the Prince of Peace can renew your mind and and give you a peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. You have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. Why? Because our God is faithful, and he will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, what will our God do? He will always, always, every time give you a way out. So how do we get out? Not just thinking, don't think bad, don't think bad, don't think bad. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think good. Say, Holy Spirit, lead me. If I walk according to the Spirit, I will not gratify the desires of my flesh. Therefore, I will depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I acknowledge that I am powerless over this. And I need the Holy Spirit to make me whole and well. And I will follow the promptings of the Spirit all day long. And I'm documenting and documenting. And at the end of the day, look at the times God leads you, prompted you. And you're going to go, oh, wow, he is a God who speaks. Therefore, tomorrow I'm going to pay even better attention. I will keep in step with the Spirit. And the sin will not hold its grip on me. Why? Our God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Wherever you feel trapped, my God will give you a way out. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another Adventure Podcast. I hope you'll come back next week as we finish up our series of understanding all the temptation that goes in our lives. God always gives us a way out. would like to know more about Venture Podcasts by Chandler Acres, and you would like to support this ministry, please visit our website at chandleracreschurch.com.